Welcome to a bonus edition of the StoryGrid Editor Roundtable Podcast. Today, I'll be interviewing my friends and colleagues about their experiences at StoryGrid Live in Nashville 2019. I get this honor because I could not go and frankly had massive FOMO. I must admit, I'm a little jealous. So welcome, Valerie, Kim, Anne, and Leslie. I feel so much like Barbara Walters right now, or maybe Andy Rooney. Am I showing my age? (laughs) Don't talk to me about age. I remember Walter Cronkite. I think we should start with what StoryGrid Live 2019 is or or was. And I think the best way to explain it is to say StoryGrid is for writers who are serious about their craft. I think that should be obvious by now to anyone listening to this podcast. And over the past four or five years, serious writers from all over the world, it's amazing how far flung our membership is, have become involved with it one way or another. Some of them through listening to the flagship podcast or just reading the the blog posts on Sean's blog on storygrid.com. Some of them come to the online courses. Some of them come to in-person courses. And even our Humble Roundtable podcast has been part of building that community. So because the group has gotten so large, Tim and Sean put together StoryGrid Live as a kind of weekend mini conference. And it took place in the Nashville area, which is where Tim is located. The idea was to offer serious writers a place where they could deepen their storytelling craft and spend two days together with a bunch of other story nerds, writing professional storytellers, and learn the latest of Sean and Tim's thoughts about the StoryGrid method directly from them. So this StoryGrid Live took place on September 12th and 13th at a hotel in Franklin, which is a suburb of Nashville, Tennessee. And 130 30. Do I have that number right? About 130 story nerds from all over the world? Yep, that's about right. Okay, about that many attended. And that hotel, I'll tell you, was overwhelmed by the enthusiasm and the noise level of story grid nerds talking to each other. Blah, 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 blah. The event included some great talks, long and detailed talks from Sean about the relationship between story and cognitive science, which you're going to hear a little bit more about and the fear, one story element to rule them all. And then Tim also talked about the history and future of the publishing industry. And in addition, we had breakout sessions that uh, were for scene analysis, and those were led by by us, by some of the certified StoryGrid editors. And a few of us also gave some short talks on StoryGrid 101 topics. So that's the summary of the event, and it was absolutely wonderful. Thanks, Anne. I, I know the four of you actually did, all of you did a talk. Can you tell me a little bit about how that went and you know what your talk was about and how, how that felt? And I certainly hope that each and every one of you will do a bite-sized episode for one or all of them or together or just let's just hope that we do that because, well, my FOMO is pretty high. You missed so. out, Dory. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I wish I would have gone, but um, I get to relive it with everyone else now. Well, six people from the original editor certification course were invited to write little books that I think are going to be called Story Grid Beats, uh, right? Is it Beats? It is indeed. Yeah, yeah, Story Grid Beats. They're like Black Irish jabs. So they're that those little mini books. Okay. And they'll have various topics. But yeah, Story Grid Beats. I think Valerie coined, coined <laughs> that phrase. Yes, I believe she did. She's been having a year of coining. I'm totally owning that I'm, I'm take I'm taking responsibility for that totally. You're you're also taking the one about cuttlefish too. That's yours, right? I so am. <laughs> Sean was telling me the idea about these little jab-like books, and I said, "Oh, so they're like beats, right? Because that's the smallest units of story." And he said, 
it's not half bad. So they call them the beats. So, okay. Yes, I am taking responsibility for that one. (laughs) (laughs) So the beats, the the first set are going to be one for each of the editor's six core questions. And Tim asked us to give short talks on the subject of our particular beats. And mine was about objects of desire. That's editor's uh, core question number four. And Tim was pretty strict about the 20-minute time limit for each talk. He mentioned it several times when I spoke to him about it. And he said he'd get out the cane if we went one minute over. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I think that was for me because I enjoy the spotlight and he wanted to make sure I wasn't going to hog a whole hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought, I felt sure he was talking about me. I think some of us really all suspected that it was about us. Now it turns out there were problems with the recording of the event. So I ended up recording my talk once I got home and it's the bite-sized episode that we aired last week on October 9th. So I'm hoping some of you others are going to record yours too. What I found was that writing up a talk about objects of desire, which has always felt like one of the more obscure of the editor's six score questions, it had this this effect of making me understand the importance of it more than I had before. It sounds strange, but when you strip that subject down to its simplest, starkest form, it is just exactly what I resist doing as a writer. And it's the only way I could really get to the heart of it. What I mean is that it bugs writers when they have their writer hat on to hear that their main characters have to operate out of a single want and a single need throughout the story. It's so bare. It's so stark. It feels like cold and calculated. And yet, I find when you internalize that simple guideline, the one want, one need throughout the story, which I tried to do in my talk by telling a personal story that I made fit to the six core questions, it starts to become clear how really useful it is and how much it enriches your storytelling to break it down really, really starkly. And then you go back as a writer and start building your layers of flesh and blood onto that very bare bones structure. And that was a really great example, I thought. Oh, thanks. So I talked about point of view and narrative device, which is the topic of the story grid beat that I'm working on. And preparing for the talk helped me get very focused on providing something useful and specific for writers. And from this work came the insight that point of view flows from narrative device, which is connected to the controlling idea of the story. So I've used this concept with several clients already, and it's been really supportive for them. Yeah, Leslie, like the work that you've done on to make sense of point of view for yourself and now for the rest of us, like it is you know, changed my life, like, and all of our clients' lives. I know, like you said, you've been using it. I've been using it. We heard a ton of people when we were at the event talk about it. And what was awesome is, you know, because we have these chats, we're trying to work out these ideas. So I got to hear you and discuss the topic with you as you were prepping for the talk. So I'd already had my mind blown by the material as you were working through it. But then when I'm actually listening to the talk, you know, it happens all over again with additional clarity. And it's just so interesting to me how we could hear something a hundred times and it's fresh every time. And just like point of view and narrative device, I think has really gotten short shrift, you know, up to this point. And certainly on the podcast, because we do films and we're like, meh, point of view. But now I think we can come at that question a little differently because of what you've cracked open for us. And it's so interesting how to communicate why it's so essential and why it is one of the six core questions. And and it's like what you were saying, like, so we're so focused on genre that I think sometimes we forget 
that there are six core questions and that these other ones, they matter too and they flow from one another and to one another. And so anyway, it was really awesome to see each one of those questions spotlighted. Yeah, I totally agree, Kim. Point of view and narrative device do get short shrift. Because of what we're trying to do here, we need to deal with the big concepts first and understand story structure at a macro level first, because you can't learn everything all at once. You sort of take it in bite-sized pieces, but there's definitely more work to do in those areas. And I have infinite faith in Leslie's ability to lead the way on those topics. No pressure, Leslie. No pressure. (laughs) All right. So um, at StoryGrid Live, I talked about beginning, middle, and end. And the key point I wanted to get across to the people there was that even though we have all these storytelling principles coming at us every week here on the podcast and the flagship podcast, as we read Sean's book, what we need to do as writers is focus on the global structure of story first. And then when we realize that stories basically have three movements, right? A beginning, a middle, and an end. And that each of these movements has a function, our novels actually become easier to write. We don't get lost so much in all these details of storytelling principles. And these movements create a framework for our story to hang on. And of course, running through the beginning, middle, and end is a story spine, and each part of the spine also has a function. So Anyway, there's more to talk about, and I will be doing a bite-sized episode on the beginning, middle, and end. Absolutely. Yeah, I love how everything's connected, right? The arcs within arcs, and it is. It's always amazing. And it's it's like whether it's point of view or genre or whatever, every time we have a new insight on it, it just we just get to go deeper with it. It just blows my mind. So I did a talk on conventions and obligatory scenes, which will be a story grid beat also that Leslie and I are co-authoring. And so what we wanted to do was emphasize that conventions and obligatory scenes are not just this list of items to be included in your story. Just, you know, make sure you have them and then check the box. But we really wanted to show that it's like an explicit tool that establishes the life values and then turns those life values across that spine. So conventions and obligatory scenes, they are really what help you create that pattern of meaning that people will recognize as your genre, which is why it's question two, right? You answer question one, what's your genre? And then question two is cool, now what are your conventions and obligatory scenes so you can help craft that arc that you decided you wanted to make? So anyway, it's like I said, it's amazing how much depth of understanding is available for every single principle. These concepts that we've been using for years, like taking that intentionally deeper approach just really unlocks whole new worlds here. And I think we might need a song break for this, if that's possible. <laughs> can you just get me a little a little clip? I do that. <laughs> And everything you're saying, Kim, is making me want to emphasize again that recording our little sessions, our little breakout talks, would be incredibly valuable to me because I only got to hear yours once each, and I would love to listen to them again and have that wonderful enlightenment effect when you hear it a second time and a third time. So you guys get on that, will you please? Yep, you got it. (laughs) Yeah, I want to listen to them as well. So, uh, wow, that's, that just seems like, again, uh, missed out on a lot, but uh, I'm glad we're talking about it and going through all the, the great insights. So one of the other things I wanted to ask about is community, because it's a big part of the StoryGrid universe. That's how we met, which was really great. So how have you seen the community evolve over the last couple of years? Are there any 
particular insights on how to build a stronger community? Because a lot of us are all over the country and I know it can be hard when we're not in real life. So any, any insights into that? Well, you know, my first exposure to the community was the one where the five of us met in New York City. That was back in uh, February 2017. And that was the first time that I began to feel that I'd found my people. I remember going up to people in the room during the breaks and saying, oh, I, you know, we found our people. And I think there were about 35 people at that workshop, and it was primarily for writers. And it formed the basis of a Facebook group. But we hadn't really had time to get to know each other. And the Facebook group alone really wasn't enough to feel the real connection or community. But the five of us did get together after that and start studying stories in our little study group, which has become this podcast. Now, when the first editor certification course came up, I signed up so fast it would make your bank account spin. There in Nashville a couple of years ago with you guys and the rest of the original 19 StoryGrid certified editors, that was when I really knew I had found my people. The sense of connection and community and simpatico was so strong in that room. And it was fantastic. But I, I need to add that it was the second editor training that was last winter. And I got so inspired by Sean's vision, which had expanded quite a bit, that I actually got a tattoo in commemoration showing the Egyptian goddess of writing with a big ball of chaos over her head. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. It's an awesome, <laughs> awesome tattoo. Yes. It's quite a tattoo. It's your whole forearm. Yes. It's beautiful. And I love, I love your tattoo. It's amazing. <laughs> so my film friends and I, we were just talking about this, you know, this idea about community and if it's worth getting involved in things or or whatever. And one of them was talking about he's really introverted and he has to make an effort to be a part of a community, which I think a lot of writers, a lot of creatives can really understand. And so, yeah, making that intentional effort, which there's that word again, I think it's a pretty important part about this life. If we really want to turn pro and be pro, that being intentional, it's just going to keep coming up again. So he asked me about our StoryGrid community because I was saying that, you know, I'm not really on Facebook so much anymore. And I think I had a moment of a little bit of self-righteous pride. I'm like, I'm not really on Facebook anymore. And then I go, oh, shit, I'm just like on 10 Slack channels. That's what it is. And so <laughs> I realized that I'm still really getting my community messaging fix and, you know, just feeling like I'm talking to my people. But what I love about it, that fact that, you know, we have our editor Slack channel or, or that kind of thing. And even like over the summer, right, when we're doing the summer courses, we're in the forums with people taking the courses. So people self-select to be in those groups. So it's not just like, oh, here's a Facebook page that anyone can join or anyone goes to. Like they're because we're all pursuing this specific goal. And it's it's just it has a very, very different feeling. And I think I like that StoryGrid itself just as a brand is distinct enough and, and weird enough that um, it's not for everyone, which I think is really great. So not only will people opt in that it's totally for them, but it makes people opt out because it's not for them. And I think that's really important. So then when we do have community at these live events or in the courses, the weekly Q&A sessions that we have during the online courses or in the forums or, or just whatever it is we're doing, that the quality of the community and the discussion and the people that show up, it's so much higher because we've all chosen to be there and we've invested. We've invested time and finances and it, it means something. It really does cost something and that's how you know that it's worth it. Because a, a room full of StoryGrid nerds is really hard to beat. There's nothing quite like that energy. 
It's a special kind of energy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It really is. I think for anyone who can make it to a StoryGrid Live event, if you can make it, you should make it. It's an amazing place, in my opinion, to start becoming active in the existing community or to begin building a community of your own. I mean, Anne's already said that you know, the five of us met at the Love Story Workshop back in February 2017, I think it was. And one of the reasons I went to that was to find like-minded people because there was no one else locally for me who was talking about any of this kind of stuff. <laughs> but what happens if you can't easily travel to Nashville, right? Because this people are listening to this podcast, even just this podcast, all over the world. I mean, if you live in Australia, well, Nashville's a bit of a hoof. <laughs> well, even if you live in Canada, it's a bit of a hoof, to be honest. Here are some suggestions I have if you can't physically travel to the, to the next StoryGrid Live in 2020. You can start by taking one of the online StoryGrid courses. Both Ground Your Craft and Level Up Your Craft have community discussion boards. So you can keep your eye open for when those courses are offered next. And if you're not on the StoryGrid mailing list, just go to storygrid.com and sign up and you'll get a notice for when they open up next. You can also introduce the StoryGrid method to your own local writing group. If you're part of a writing group already, just start, you know, bring your StoryGrid book and plop it on the table and talk about it. Study stories together. Do what we're doing here on the podcast with your own group. We also saw in the communities, the community forums for the courses, we saw people making those connections and establishing study groups with each other online without having to be in the same town. It was very gratifying to see. Absolutely. So the StoryGrid community, of course, has grown. And what I love about it is that Sean and Tim have been really thoughtful about the way they've gone about it. And what I mean by this is that everything they create from the flagship podcast and the online courses to the certified editor training and StoryGrid Live, all of that aligns with their values and their vision. And it's not about gaming the system or finding shortcuts. It's really about helping writers write a better story this time and an even better one next time. And in my experience, this is really rare. And because everything they do is consistent with this, writers can tell immediately if this is a good fit for them. Oh, that that's so true. I mean, that's the whole reason why I found the story grid so appealing was that openness to learning and having a better way to do things. I'm, I'm all about that. What about the whole in real life aspect? Do, do you think it's a requirement to see people in, in the flesh or do you think online communities are just as good? Well, I would hate to say that it's a requirement because I know there are writers who aren't able to travel and they still find ways to participate in community. Anne mentioned that, you know, lots of people are finding community in the online course um, discussion boards. But I think this is a wonderful way to make personal connections with other writers. And having a dedicated time and space for talking and thinking about story with like-minded folks is a real boost. And to anyone who is trying to find a right-fit community, I would say keep trying because I had to kiss a lot of frogs, so to speak, on the way <laughs> to finding this tribe. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed, Leslie. <laughs> I, I know that feeling well. I think... 
thinking about this word requirement, it's, it's an interesting word choice, and I think it might depend on the person. Like for me, it's essential. I'm an extrovert and I love these events. And in fact, for me, one of the hardest parts about this job of being a writer is sitting in a room by myself. And I know that's not the typical writer problem, but you know, because it is for me and me and you, that's right. Same. I look for these opportunities to go. <laughs> I had to unmute just so I could say same, same. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking for these opportunities, right, Kim, to connect physically. Absolutely. One-on-one with other people. Yes. And at Story Grid Live, I met one woman. She'd been working as an editor for years and she was getting you know, pretty frustrated, but she had come to Story Grid just to find out you know, what we're all about and who we are and that kind of stuff. And she told me that, she had never seen a group of writers so animated before. People were talking and laughing and sharing stories. Like Anne said earlier, we were kind of loud. The energy was really high. People were talking about their novels and talking about their craft in a way that you don't usually hear people talking. You know, two writers will say, well, I'm having a trouble with the middle build crisis. And the other, the other writer would listen to their ideas and then they would be talking in this kind of shorthand, which was really cool. It, it was amazing. And really being part of the community is essential for, again, whether you're extroverted or introverted, I really think being part of a community is important because that's where you get to hammer out your ideas with other people. And if you're really serious about improving your understanding of story, I think it's important to be as active in the community as possible. I mean, Story Grid is different, right? It's a totally different approach to the craft. There is nothing like the Story Grid live event for meeting other people who are talking about story the way that you're talking about story or thinking about story the way you are now thinking about story. As I said, that's one of the reasons I went to the Love Story Workshop way back when, and it wasn't an easy trip for me to make. Uh, it wasn't a cheap trip for me to make either, that's for sure, but it was worth it for me to have that sense of community and to have other people who I could talk with and learn from. I would never have the level of understanding about story that I do now if it wasn't for this group now, for the five of us. And I think that's what these live events are really all about. Yeah, I, I remember it fondly trying to get to the February 2017 Love Story Workshop. I think there was a massive snowstorm in New York and pretty much everyone was delayed. Well, massive snowstorm, okay. <laughs> for New York, I mean, for a California guy. <laughs> <laughs> for a California guy, it was a major snowstorm, I guess. I was expecting snowmageddon. I was all bundled <laughs> up, ready to go. It was the most beautiful day. There was nobody on the streets. This is when I met Tim Grawl, because that day there was a big coffee, you know, for anyone there who wanted to get together before the event. And I'm the only one who showed up. I, I was like, where's the snow? There's nobody on the street in New York. Nobody on the street in New York. I'm like, my hat was off. My gloves were off. My jacket was open. I'm like, this is so warm. <laughs> Snowstorm. Snowstorm. Pa. <laughs> Well, and, and weather events kind of seem to be a little bit of a theme because uh, Hurricane Irma was going strong about the time of the first editor certification training, and uh, some of us were a little worried about whether we would be able to fly in. Turned out not to be much of anything by the time it got as far inland as Nashville, but there was a little fingernail biting beforehand. 
To go back to your question, Jari, about the importance of meeting in real life versus online, I think real life meetings do cement relationships. And I think they're very important. But as Leslie says, it would be wrong to say that there's no way to connect except by flying to a distant city and paying for lodging and, you know, shelling out your entire bank account. Now, the five of us here on this podcast are pretty far flung, uh, you know, east, west, coast to coast. And just getting on a call together every week with a clear intention to study story structure has built and reinforced our little group and done wonders for our understanding. Now, as an introvert, I'm the first to say that it takes some guts to commit to meeting up online with people that you may not have met in person. You would do this with a web conference like Zoom or Skype. So you have video too. And that takes guts for some of us to even see ourselves on video. But to my mind, a video call is a valid way to connect because you hear and see the person and the senses that are missing or maybe smell or whatever, but, but it substitutes pretty well. And I think forming an editing group with other story gritters or a story study group like we've done here on the podcast is within the reach of most people. If you have a computer and you have an internet connection, and it's a great idea if you can do it. Now, I'm part of an editing group that is not this roundtable group, and we never meet in person. We have never met in person. And at least one of us in the group has never met the other people in the group in person. And we've been going strong and helping each other's writing projects tremendously for about four years now. Nothing quite comes up to the experience of being in the room where it happens with all the other people who are enthusiastic about it. And I just want to point out there are some great opportunities coming up in 2020 for meeting together with other story group people. One is a course on big idea nonfiction. And one is on the hero's journey and fantasy stories. And then there's a third editor certification training coming up. And you can check all of that out at storygrid.com slash university and really have a look. It's, it's very inspiring. Yeah, I think any chance you can to meet up with your core humans in person is always going to be so valuable. You know, there really is nothing quite like it. You know, just being able to give people a squeeze feels really good. Um, so while StoryGrid events are absolutely amazing and Tim and Sean are really thoughtful about what they put into those events, that same kind of feeling is possible in your hometown or in your region or like Anne was saying, you can make these things happen in person or online or on video. It's about oh, I think this is going to be uh, the third time. It's about being intentional um, with the way that you go about your craft, right? And the people that you surround yourself with are absolutely part of your craft. I know in the Pacific Northwest, we've got a lot of story gritters up here. And so we've had several opportunities to meet in person, you know, maybe just get together for dinner or maybe we meet for lunch or whatever it is, but it's just been just a chance, you know, a chance to get into, you know, a smaller group to share more intimately about our specific stories and struggles. And so that's been really great. Anything to connect with the real life humans behind the typed words in a forum. We were talking about the quality of people that we get in the story grid universe because we have enough um, like-mindedness that we're opting into such a weird place, right? And we're all pursuing this really ambitious goal of telling amazing stories. And what I find is that, you know, you're going to connect about things that are beyond just storytelling or just beyond writing for other people to read. I met some really amazing people that we have a lot in common outside of this as well. And people that are coming from all professions, all walks of life. I met counselors and intuitive healers and there's lawyers and doctors. And, you know, we just have so many different types of people coming to these events. And Do we even have a Navy SEAL? Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> we absolutely do. And it's amazing. 
So the level of conversations about storytelling and about life and life experience and the corporate wisdom of the room, right? It's like, it's pretty excellent. So yeah, I just I just think that when you show up with your full authentic self, people give theirs as well. And I think that's what you get in a room like that. And so yeah, whether it's a coffee shop or an online chat room, just showing up with your authentic self with other people that are there to study the craft cannot be expressed, you know, just how valuable that's been. So speaking of all those excellent humans or core humans, as you put it, you know, when you see them in real life, how does it feel to meet someone that's actually listened to the podcast real in life (laughs) right in front of you? (laughs) Well, when I was registering at the hotel uh, the evening before StoryGrid Live event began, I got in kind of late in the evening after dinner time, and a fellow guest who was also checking in at the front desk at the same time turned and gave me a friendly smile and said hello, and and I returned it, but I was a little bit confused. And then he said, "I recognize that voice. You're Anne from the round table." <laughs> and we we introduced ourselves to each other. Hi, Fred. If you're listening, ah, hi, Fred. We love Fred. <laughs> it's a very odd experience to be recognized in person by voice alone. I thought that was just really neat. <laughs> it is neat. I had that same experience, Anne. I got in early in the morning because I had to leave my house at 3 a.m. to get to Nashville. So I met Meredith and Dana in the lobby and I was really tired. So Meredith and Dana, if I didn't make any sense at all, I'm so sorry. <laughs> But it was the same. I was checking in and I knew there were these two women behind me, you know, waiting to check in. And when I turned around, they went, oh, we know you by your voice. We're famous. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But this is just a note to anyone who is listening. If you come to one of these events, please do introduce yourself to me because you'll recognize me by my voice, but I won't be able to recognize you. So feel free to come up and say hello. Yeah, ditto. Absolutely. Yes. And what was most gratifying to me was to hear how valuable the roundtable is as a resource for writers. And because we love doing this. We know that actively studying stories is useful to us and helps us in our work as editors and writers, but it's wonderful to hear how other writers are benefiting too, and also gaining confidence to study the stories that they're most interested in. Absolutely. And I know, you know, we've said this several times, right? But we just keep reiterating that we started as a study group and we still are a study group, right? That's what we are. We've just modified our point of view narrative device, right? (laughs) Our audience now isn't just ourselves, you know, and each other, but now it's the story grid community as a whole. So by digging in at this level, the way that we do for the for the podcast, I mean, that's available to anyone. That's what's so amazing about the story grid methodology and and the vision that Sean had was that he put the book up online for for free, basically in blog posts and the podcasts are free and the Fundamental Friday posts are free. Like there's so much amazing content that's available for free. And then there's so much amazing content in the courses that are at all different price levels. We just always want to encourage people to dig in, right? Get your masterwork and then get the guts to to be wrong about studying it, you know, so that you can find your way to the right thing. So when when people would come up, introduce themselves, say hello, say, hey, love, love the podcast, love what you guys are doing. Uh, what kind of questions did they ask you? I'm curious if there was like a theme or do they just say like, oh, love the podcast and then kind of move on? Or it sounds like there's a lot from from before, a lot of real nice interactions and a lot of detailed conversations. So can you tell me a little bit about that? 
Yeah, there were lots of questions, but my personal favorites were the ones about narrative device, because that's a bit of an obsession for me right now. And during my talk, I invited writers to tell me about the narrative device for their stories. And lots of people shared these just fantastic ideas, things I never would have thought of. So creative. There were a lot of creative writers in that room, and it was so fun to engage with them. Yeah, I mean, oh my God, there were so many questions, uh, which was great. I, I enjoyed every one of them. So please, if you go to an event, keep asking your questions. For me, um, people wanted to know how to find the right editor to work with, because of course, that's really important. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have that same question, I recommend that you go to storygrid.com and read the biographies of the certified editors and go to the editor's websites to find out more about each of us. Or you can go to the editing services page and fill in one of the forms that's there. That'll come to me because I um, help Sean and Tim with some of the administrative work. That'll come to me and I will then match you with someone who is has a specialty in the genre that you're writing in. A lot of other people we're asking how the five of us here on the podcast know so much about story. And I mean, honestly, it's, it's not a secret. It's the opposite of a secret because we're doing it all in public. <laughs> the bottom line here is we have made it a priority. We've invested significant time and money because we've decided that it's important to us and our careers. So we took the time and made the effort to study directly with Sean a couple of times and then we get together every week and study, and that becomes the podcast that you all can listen to. So we're practicing the skills in a very deliberate way. We have a goal in mind. For example, this season on the podcast, I'm really focused on psychological thrillers because that's what I'm writing right now. So in addition to all that, we study films on our own time. We study novels on our own time. So really, if we can do it, anyone can do it. Now, the other thing that a lot of people asked me about, and this caught me off guard, to be honest, is about my productivity and my writing process. My productivity, one, because I'm not nearly as productive as I want to be, uh, and my writing process, because I didn't realize people would be interested in that level of detail. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started The Inner Circle that I talked about a couple of episodes ago. So if you're interested in this kind of detailed stuff, or you want to hear more about what the inner circle thing is, you can just go to valeriefrancis.ca slash inner circle, and you can sign up there and get the information. Yes, everyone go and join Valerie's inner circle if you are interested in her processes, because she's a genius and so good at this. I got a lot of questions. I can't remember a lot of very specific ones, because StoryGrid people are just so passionate about the work of writing and editing. They're both interests, uh, sometimes combined. And I remember people coming up to me uh, quite a bit with suggestions and requests for movies or books that they would like us to cover here on the roundtable. Now, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard this before, but we always answer that question by sincerely, not cynically, urging the person requesting it to try doing the analysis for themselves. And I repeated that mantra quite a bit in Nashville read that novel, watch that film, and take a crack at filling out the Global Fool's Cap worksheet for it on your own. It is very hard at first. No one's going to argue about that, but it gets easier each time you do it. 
And there's no absolute right and wrong. You're not submitting it to get an A from Sean or anything like that. Take a crack at it. Take a dare. Try it. And there's no substitute for doing that if you want to learn this craft. I also got a lot of questions and feedback about the Masterwork Experiment on the flagship podcast. That was the 10-episode run that Sean and I did together this past summer where we analyzed Brokeback Mountain so I could use the beat structure to write a new story of my own. And people wanted to know what it was like to be so brave or vulnerable in working publicly with Sean. And I was all, huh? I wasn't brave. We just sat and talked for an hour every week for 10 weeks and nobody else was there. See, it's easy to seem vulnerable or be brave and open when the audience doesn't come in until two or three weeks later. So I'm glad it seemed brave uh, to people. That was very flattering. If anybody would like to follow my progress on finishing my Brokeback Mountain-based story or even peek at my working draft, you can do that at annholly.net slash masterwork. So let's see. I think one of the major questions that I got was about the upcoming editor certification. I think I think a lot of you guys got the same questions. People are really interested. We've, there's a lot of buzz for the September 2020 certification week, and they wanted to know. You know, everybody wants to know. Like, is it worth it? Do you do you make your money back? You know, it's a big investment. All these things, and it comes down to such an individual answer whether it's going to be worth it for you or not. But I know that it's the best thing that. I've ever done. I didn't finish college and there's all these things that used to really bother me about higher education for myself just because it was some, wasn't something I ended up being able to do. So StoryGrid has really become my higher education. And now I'm 36 and I have three kids and now I'm getting to pursue my higher education by being a part of the StoryGrid university and really investing. It's that it feels like it's like that level of, you know, give a shit about storytelling and I'm just I'm just so glad that we have these kinds of opportunities. We have the internet, we have online courses and the quality of material that Sean puts out is just you can't you can't touch it, right? It's just it's so great. What I love about the certification, not only just having an opportunity to then work with clients, which I love, but you know, not everybody uses their certification that way. It's really just you get that week. I mean, it's intense, right? I think we're all, you know, it's really intense and it's really in depth. You don't get to engage on your favorite topic like that in a different environment, you know, just quite the same way. So anyway, yeah, if anybody has, you know, more questions about about certification, you can reach out to us individually. And, you know, we're always happy to share our experience. And I think the StoryGrid community as a whole, you know, and all the editors are all very willing to chat with people about it and share our experience. And Danielle... She is one of the newer story grade editors, and she gave a really awesome talk while we were there as well, sharing her experience and kind of why she chose to get certified and what it's done for her. And she's just a gem, and her talk was so great. So it'd be great if we could try to get that out for people to hear as well. I think we talked about doing that, right? Yeah, we did, and I would really like to capture them all. Yeah, I think that would be so great. Yeah, that'd be great. I think that'd be a great resource. And I tell stories for startups and nonprofits. And I have done a lot of this throughout my 20, 25 year career in startups. And that week that we did both the certification and every story grid event I've ever been at, that week has been an exponential power of 10 squared in terms of knowledge of storytelling <laughs> and helping my personal business, right? Because even though I don't do editing services, it's helped my own writing, it's helped my own books, and it helps a lot 
with the clients that I work with because storytelling's everywhere. So if you're in business, if you're in marketing, if you're in anything that requires you to convince someone, this is the best hands down, best storytelling framework methodology out there for any of this. So the other thing that was really fun and rewarding was just getting asked about my own writing. We've talked about it like in blips here or there, like, oh, I'm studying internal genres. And then Anne's always like, Kim, put it out there already. You know, so those those sort of things have come out through the podcast. And so people were really kind and like, so about that story, you know, how are you doing on it? And it was great to, you know, be prompted aka forced to talk about it with people and just to share those details and actually get really good feedback. People are really interested in the story. So that was encouraging to me. My own storytelling is really important and it's it's so easy to set aside or other work. And so getting a chance to share about it is always is always a meaningful experience. I think everybody that's there, that's part of being in a story good room. We know the people that are there are probably telling some pretty awesome stories. And so it's great to have those discussions. And then the other super awesome thing, which Anne mentioned it a little bit at the beginning of our call here when she was talking about what we did. But yeah, we had these breakout sessions. We would all break up into groups and we would read a scene together and then we would analyze it. So yeah, there was a lot of just getting to sit down kind of um, in these small groups and talk through an actual scene and ask all kinds of questions about the five commandments and about fears and about life value shifts and, you know, all that stuff. And just getting to nerd out, you know, in those moments and get some more like one-on-one discussion time was really great. And I'm really glad they took the time to have us do that. And, you know, in terms of going over the material more than once, I was really uh, relieved and grateful to find that the scenes that we were asked to help our breakout groups study through were scenes that we had analyzed in our last editor certification training. So it felt a little bit like cheating because I had been through those scenes before, but the level of confidence that it gives you to be able to say, no, I think, let me talk about why I think this was the inciting incident rather than just stumbling through it like I did the first time when Sean was up front and we were all trying to get an A and analyzing the scene, it really helped. The four or five or six people who were sitting with me going through this really got the benefit of my prior exposure to those exact same scenes. And it gave them the confidence, oh, okay, I'm beginning to learn how to analyze the scene. It was really fun. You know what would be a good idea? I'm just going to toss this out here is if we did a bite-sized episode modeling that exercise, because this is the very type of thing that anyone who's listening to this podcast can bring back to their local writing groups if they're trying to build a community of like-minded authors, people, other people who are into StoryGrid like they are, just to show them how we study a scene so that whether their community is local and they get together at someone's house every week or whether it's online, to show them how we do it so then they can they have a jumping off point. What do you think of that? That's a great idea. Let's do it. Excellent idea. All right. Sounds good. If you could just summarize the event, I know it's hard, uh, in one sentence like we do beginning, middle, and end of all of the uh, movies that we watch, what would it be? Well, here's my crack at that. We're here for the meaningful work of writing a better story, one that is more entertaining and enlightening than the last one. I am such a lightweight compared to that. My sentence was, it was totally worth the trip and I can't wait till next year. I have never been a part of something so energizing and inspiring, and that's two sentences, but too bad. (laughs) I think it's a chance for people who are passionate about story to get together. 
We've got a particular brand of story nerdery, and it's incredible to spend a few days talking about the craft with other people who care about it as much as we do. Yeah. The hype is real, right? Like, that's really how I feel. So, you know, there's nothing quite as powerful as humans that are gathered together for a single purpose, like whatever that purpose might be. So, um, because, you know, when we do, we experience the, you know, we the physical and the metaphysical. And then in the story grid world, you know, we've got some, that's some pretty powerful shit, right? <laughs> the metaphysical and story is pretty awesome. We've got the science and the art. We've got the objective and the subjective, the explicit and the implicit learning. All these things are happening when we're together, all pursuing this primary purpose together. And there's just, there's just nothing like it. Wow. It was epic, Jari. It was epic. (laughs) It was epic. I know. (laughs) You're making me feel- Your FOMO is well justified. (laughs) (laughs) There's a power of 10. There's another power of 10, right? So it's 10 and 10. Uh, So- what would be one thing you'd like to see more of at the event or change or improve? What, what do you think? I want more coffee. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably not you, what you're going for, though. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> coffee is super well, important. there's coffee and then there's good coffee. And I'll leave it at that. But and real cream and instead of coffee, coffee mate. Oh, my God. Not minor quibble. Okay. <laughs> but what I would have liked more of was time. <laughs> there just in a two-day thing wasn't enough time to speak to everybody or get to know the newcomers. And I did connect with a few, certainly, but the crowd was just overwhelming. And the two days were so packed with great stuff. It's so intense. I, I'm not sure I could have actually survived another day, but another day's worth of time certainly would have been great. Yeah, okay. Seriously, I agree with you, Anne. More time would have been fantastic. It really did go by quickly. And like you, Anne, I there were other people I wanted to have a time to speak with yeah, be great. and I just, I just didn't get a chance to do that. So I would love to have another day. Any aha moment, takeaway nuggets, stuff that blew you away that you might want to share? Uh, well, Jari, there were too many to share here, just adding to your exponential FOMO there. But the one that was most fun for me was Sean's calculation that there are more potential story combinations than there are atoms in the universe. And in all of that chaos, of course, we can study stories to find the patterns, organize those patterns into systems so we can use them to write better stories. Now, on the surface, that doesn't sound very creative, but to me, it's all about reading deeply, figuring out what makes the stories that resonate with you work, and then sharing your own individual take on human experience. That's right. Stories are combinatorially explosive. (laughs) I mean, I just, I get a kick out of hearing Sean talk about story. His mind works so differently from mine. I mean, I I don't know where he comes up with half this stuff, but I know it's interesting. Seriously, who else would come up with a genre-based periodic tables (laughs) of fears? Like, not me. (laughs) And of course, that's P-H-E-R-E fear, which we always have to clarify. (laughs) One of our little shibboleths in the StoryGrid universe. And I love that he actually did the math on that, where he multiplied this by this by this and came out with a near infinite number of possible story combinations. He is such a nerd. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, he's, he's been, to me, the, the, the big eye-opener has happened a couple of times. 
because Sean has been developing this vision of a revolutionary model of publishing for a couple of years now. I was absolutely blown away by it when he first introduced it. That was at the first editor certification training a couple of years ago. But the vision has continued to grow and evolve. And each time he talks about it, there's a little bit more information and it gets more exciting. I think what he envisions, and I'm going to be paraphrasing here, and you have to go listen to what he says to get it exactly right, but he envisions kind of a walled garden system where writers like us who want to tell better stories come to learn the story grid craft. And then if they and an affiliated editor who works on their work can show that the writer's work meets all the requirements of its genres, there will be a path to publication. The idea is that if you see StoryGrid publications, I'm not quite sure exactly what the name of the imprint is going to be, but if you see that on a book cover, it will be a guarantee of a solid, entertaining, absorbing story. And he talked a little bit about this in the last episode of the Masterwork Experiment, and he called the training ground or the walled garden a dojo. And then he did this wonderful, lovely mix of metaphors, and he said once uh, the writer has been trained in the dojo, the story grid world will also provide a performance space, uh, which is to say the publishing arm, right? And the student in the dojo will take off in a rocket ship for planet performance. And I just, I love this idea. It's so great. It is. It's really, I don't know, it just, it's so encouraging about um, all of this hard work is, it is worth it in its own right, but it's also, we write stories because we want people to hear them. That's part of what Leslie was talking to us about POV and narrative device. Like you have someone telling a story and then they're telling the story to someone. So the whole point of us figuring out how to tell a story that works is so that it will work for someone else, right? Someone that's going to read it or hear it or watch it. And so it's really encouraging to have a path forward through the publishing world that's it is. It's kind of a mess. The black hole of Amazon, like, are we going to get seen or can we get through the gatekeepers and and all that stuff. So it's just, it's awesome to have a community and a culture and mentors that believe in hard work and quality craftsmanship and telling a story that works and then providing an opportunity for us to share our stuff. And I think that that's going to be, you know, really great. Story grid nerds are just really the best. And I think in our story grid community, we have really like the cream of the crop. There's just nothing like a room full of us, of the story grid folks. There's not a single ego at play in the room. And we just really have genuine connection. And I think that Sean and Tim, they really set the tone for that. And I'm just continuing to be impressed by the, the way that they show up for us and what they put into creating their vision. I think my major aha from StoryGrid Life was just how grateful and crazy lucky I am that I get to be a part of the StoryGrid universe with all of you guys and all, everybody everybody listening and everybody that's a part of it. Absolutely. Here, here, Kim. Yeah, so true. You know, this whole trend of curated communities, communities where you can get your voice and your word out is a huge trend that's going to get more and more traction. So I'm certainly glad that Sean and Tim are applying it to publishing. Well, I hope you enjoyed this chat about StoryGear live from Nashville 2019. Really appreciate it, Valerie, Kim, Ann, and Leslie for their impressions of the event and to Square, Cube, Power of 10, my FOMO. If you really like what we're doing here, please share our podcast with your friends and give us a rating and review on wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for some more great writing and editing insights as we finish up season five and start to plan for season six, which I am super excited about. 
This is really exciting times indeed for all of us here at the StoryGrid Roundtable podcast, as well as the StoryGrid universe in general. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.